Remember the one time the Lord told me I will stand in awe of what he does if we just simply love him, obey him, and preach the word. And that's part of it. We had missionaries in Africa for eight years, missionaries in South Korea for a year and a half. It's just so hard to believe from us that the Lord would do that. Okay, uh, how many saw my little note on uh, Facebook? Yeah, social media is good for something then. Thank you for that. Uh, it's, I even asked Brian to go out and tell security, forget it. Get in, just come in here. Still uh, echoing or something, I don't know why. Um, it's, it's not like, uh, oh, what do I don't know? No, you know this, okay? But it's a matter of doing it. And if you don't do it, I'm telling you, calamity will take control. Told my wife that as, as things hit the fan, you're going to be motivated by two things. Because our nation is crumbling. I don't think that's a doomsday or message. I think all you got to do is watch. Let's look at it. And um, as it does, you're either going to be moved by fear or you're going to be moved by faith. How you are moved is depend on what you do. Now, we're good at attending church and we're good at nodding our heads. Uh, but that's... It's not going to cut it, okay? It's just not. Title of this morning message is Half the Church is Foolish. I don't say that arrogantly. I say that as I do this message, please, Lord, please, Lord, don't let me be one of them. Don't let me be a foolish Christian. Okay, so I want you to understand from the very beginning. Proverbs 3.32 simply states this, For the froward is an abomination to the Lord. The froward, that means uh, perverse. The stubborn, it means the pig-headed, the bull-headed, is an abomination to the Lord, is what that word means in King James. But here's what we want to rely on. But his secret is with the righteous. There's a secret. And God says, oh, it's for my people. It's with the righteous. And that's what we want to expound on this morning. Whether you do it or not, I don't know. Almighty God has a secret and He shares it with His righteous. With those who believe and trust what God says. Psalms 118.19 says this. Open to me the gates of righteousness. I will go into them and I will praise the Lord. Listen to 19. This gate of the Lord into which the righteous shall enter. So we're talking about a gate that you must enter. And this gate, to me, that you must enter is the Word of God. You've got to walk through the Word of God, the doors of the Word. Not just carry it. Not glimpse at it on the screens. So God says, this gate... To me, is the the Word of God. Now here's my counsel, or today's word, or message, that I believe the Lord wants to say to you, through me. Proverbs 8.8 says this, what I'm about to give you today, all the words of my mouth are with righteousness. I have no ill feelings, I have no secret agenda, I have no points to to, uh, try to get at somebody, it's all righteousness that I see in the Word. Any shepherd that truly loves his flock would pray and preach this. It's not something just exclusive to me. All the words of my mouth are with righteousness, nothing crooked or perverse is in them. I'm giving you the purest form of the Word of God that this feeble person can do. They are all plain to him who understands. My prayer for the last few days are that you will understand these words. They're not deep. You don't need a degree. You don't have to go to Bible school. You just have to love God. Okay, now here we go. I pray you understand this this morning. Matthew 24. And he sat upon the Mount of Olives. 
The disciples came unto him privately, saying, Tell us, when shall these things be, and what shall be the sign of thy coming, and the end of the world, as we know it? Jesus answered, Son unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. And you shall hear of wars and rumors of wars. See that you be not troubled. For all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom, and there shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. All these are the beginning of sorrows. So as the Lord lays this out, it's obviously He wants us to plan for this. This is what's going to happen. Now, whether America turns to God and there's a great sweeping revival, I still hope that's true. But God is still saying, this is what's going to happen. You came to me and you asked me, what are the signs? And God said, here they are. So the Lord just gets done describing the signs of the end of society or maybe our nation or the whole world as we know it today. Now, Micah 3.6 says this. And this is going to happen to every one of us. Therefore, night shall be unto you, that you shall not have a vision. It shall be dark unto you, that you shall not divine. And the sun shall go down over the prophets, and the day shall be dark over them. A darkness, a thick cloud. Then shall the seers be ashamed, and the diviners confounded. Yes, they shall all cover their lips, for there is no answer of God. We seem to be entering into this time. Everything that made our nation great and powerful and free is being thrown out the window. So if you toss the light out, you've got to have darkness take its place. Okay? Remember we told you a long time ago, the ship that sailed, and Paul said, I don't think you guys ought to go. And it looked real smooth and sweet. Stock market's high. Everything's cool. Your team's winning. Kids are behaving. Bills are paid. Paul said, I don't think we ought to go. And they went, I shut up. And they threw him down in the bottom of the ship. And when they went, what happened? The huge storm came. Everything was chaos. Total chaos. All were moving in fear except Paul. He came up out of the, the hole, the brig, and said, this is what the Lord is saying. This is the ship that we are on, the USS America. And it's spinning totally out of control. And they're wanting to throw the word of God, the influence of God, down in the brig. Shut up! Isaiah says, Therefore is judgment far from us, neither doth justice overtake us. We wait for light, but behold obscurity, for brightness, but we walk in darkness. Alright? So my questions, I have some questions for you this morning. What do you do when you're not sensing the leading of God? What do you do when you're not receiving insight from the Word of God? What do you do when your strength seems to dry up? When you feel like your faith is failing you? When you feel totally alone, what do you do? When fear is howling at your door of your mind, screaming at you, run! A place where hopelessness is trying to set up its kingdom in your mind and heart. There's no hope for you, for you or your nation or your family or your marriage. Nothing. When the sky is over you, seem boisterous and frightening. When the very nation that we love falls off from under you like the sand on the beach. Which is what's happening. What do you do? Now, the Word of God tells us this. For we walk by faith, not by sight. 
That's how you are to walk. Now remember the title. Half the church is foolish. You have to figure what half you are. And this morning, why I said the importance of it to get every ears that we can hear is so you will hear this and there's nothing you can do. You've got to make a decision with the truth. When you have no answers and no one else has. Hebrews tells us this. Chapter 10 verse 35. Cast not away therefore your confidence. Your confidence cannot be in me. Cannot be in this church. Certainly by now you know it cannot be in the government. Listen to me real carefully. I don't care whether you like Trump or not. That's who seems to be the people in our country are voting for. It's just a fact. That seems to be who they're voting for. Yet you hear how people are attempting to stop that vote. You understand? They're, they're trying to suppress our vote. I don't care if you're out there saying, oh, I wouldn't vote. That's not the point. The point is that you, whoever, we are to have the freedom to make a mistake by voting if we do. And now they're saying, no, no, you can't do that. And they're trying to stop and muzzle the people. So that's already happening. Even if you agree with it. I still have the freedom to pull the wrong lever if I do. For we walk by faith, not by sight. And God says, cast not away, the, therefore your confidence which has great recompense of reward. A great payday, God says. For you have need of patience. After that you have done the will of God, you might receive the promise. Don't cast away, it means don't throw it away. The whole idea of that is our military are issued weapons to defeat the enemy. And this word cast away means that those soldiers take those weapons and throw them away and run. They become a disgrace to the nation they're called to protect. And God is saying to us, don't throw it away. Don't cast it away. You are called to protect this group of people. Whoever they are, wherever you live. For us, America. This is a great weapon. And you might be saying, what weapon? I'm talking about your faith. Even the world has messed up that word. You say faith, someone says, oh, I'm Baptist. I'm Presbyterian. No, faith is a fruit. Fruit needs to grow. And so God, through His great, vast knowledge, every one of us have some journey that we're on, and the purpose is that you boldly and blindly trust God with the faith that's grown in your heart by hanging on the Word. Galatians tells us that faith is a fruit of the Spirit, and a fruit must grow in us through circumstances and trials and dark nights of the soul and difficult times and weeping. It doesn't grow in the hammock. You know it. It just doesn't. It doesn't grow by reading someone else's book on how their faith grew. Even though they're great men of God that I have read about. 1 John 5, 4 says this, For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world, and this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. So you need faith to be an overcomer. 
You must have faith to have victory. No matter what's coming our way or your way. Or my way. God says, this is how you overcome it. Hebrews tells us now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. It's not God. If you show me the way, I'll walk it. Lord, if you open up that door, I'll walk it. No, it's God. I'm walking even though I don't see and I don't know. I don't know where I'm going, God, but I'm going and every step I take, I'm trusting you to hold me. Lord God, hold me up and give me hind feet. There are times when you have no clue what's going to move you. Faith or, or fear. Evidence of things not seen. Definition in that word seen is obviously with the bodily eye. But just as our physical eyesight is the sense that gives us of evidence of the natural world. Pulpit. See it. Speaker. Faith is the eyesight that gives us the evidence of the invisible world. Oh, God, although I don't see you, Lord, I trust you. I know you're with me. God, will you please carry me? Give me wings as eagles, Lord. Listen, faith is not a mere intellectual understanding. I'm Presbyterian. What? It is a willingness to trust in, to rely on, to cling to, no matter what. Especially when you can't see it. All right. Now here it comes. What half are you? Then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. This is our little kingdom of heaven right now. The people of God. Which took their lamp. Or lamps and went forth to meet the bridegroom. Isn't that we're waiting for that great and glorious day, the sound of the trump? Now, a virgin is obviously one who has never had sexual intercourse with a man, spiritually, is one who is not having loving intimacy with the world, has not polluted themselves with sin and the filth of the world, staying pure for Christ. And that's who we're talking about. Ten of them. Ten of these pure people. Paul says in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians, For I am jealous over you with godly jealousy. For I have espoused you or engaged you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. That's me too. That's what I want for you. That I might present you pure, clean, not polluted to Christ. That's what the word chaste means. We're living in such a dummy down gospel world in America. Just as if in the natural world to find a girl to marry who has not been with everybody or somebody just pure, a beautiful, blessed treasure for the man that will come in her life. Very hard to find. Same thing now in the spiritual world. Those who have kept themselves for the Lord and not dabbled in the ways of the world. So God tells us now, then shall the kingdom of heaven be likened unto ten virgins. Virgins, Five of them were wise and five were foolish. Where the title comes from. 
The Lord is saying that. Here's ten of them. I'm warning them, telling them what's coming. Five are wise and five are foolish. Half. Verse 4 says, But the wise took oil in their vessels with their lamps. While the bridegroom tarried, they all slumbered and slept. And at midnight there was a cry made, Behold, the bridegroom cometh, go ye out to meet him. A lot of things happen in the word of God when it says, And at midnight, meaning like kind of the, maybe the darkest time or the most slumberous time or the most time that no one expects, and at midnight, the cry came. Then all those virgins trimmed their lamps, and the foolishness said unto the wise, Give us your oil, for our lamps are gone out. But they answered, saying, Not so, lest there be not enough for us and you. But go ye rather to them that sell and buy for yourselves. Listen, personal relationship with Christ. Go buy for yourselves, personal. He's a personal Savior. Revelations 3 says this, Word of God saying to you tonight, or today, I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire. That word buy means to do business, to work. Get this refined gold. Get it. That's what the Bible says. The Bible says, I counsel you to do this. Five wise or five fools. I counsel you to buy from me gold refined in the fire that you may be rich in white garments that you may be clothed. Listen, you don't buy what's going to happen says this, that the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed or seen. It's going to be seen. When darkness hits, chaos starts, whether it's a personal trial and they can't be rough, it's going to be seen. And while they went to buy, the bridegroom came, and they that were ready went in with him to the marriage, and the door was shut. Afterward came also the other virgins, saying, Lord, Lord, open to us. But he answered, and he said, Verily I say unto you, half the church, I don't know you. Watch, therefore. That word watch means Give strict attention to what I hope you're doing this morning. Or you could be off in doodle land. Watch therefore, for you know not neither the day nor the hour when the Son of Man comes. Watch means to be active, actively seeking God. Give strict attention to the things of God. Okay. Now we're going to look at these verses again and now a bit closer. Jesus answered and said unto them, Take heed that no man deceive you. Right now I could be deceiving you. Is that true? I uh, could be. For many shall come in my name, saying, I am Christ, and shall deceive many. We know that. That's many claim. I'm Christ. This person is the Lord. We hear that all the time. There's more to this. Many more will come and say unto you. This is what Christ is saying. And it can be misleading to you. Unless you know the word of God. Who is Christ. Many have infiltrated the true and pure gospel. And say, no, this is what that means. 
Many will come in my name. They will stand and make bold declarations, saying, This is what Christ is saying. You've heard them. Jesus' girlfriend was Mary Magdalene. They were intimate together. Jesus drank so you could drink. The Lord has come to make you rich, happy, and prosperous. Many will come in my name and say things representing Christ and deceive many. Verse 7 tells us, Nation shall rise against nation, kingdom against kingdom. There shall be famines, pestilence, earthquakes in diverse places. That verse is saying, Peace will be taken from the earth. Has it not? Why do you think conceal and carry is going through the roof? And I'm not against it. But why is it? Because you could even go and pump gas now and someone pull in four pumps down the road and they just look shady to you. What are they? Are they a terrorist? Are they going to pull out a gun and just start killing people? Can I go to McDonald's and have a hamburger and not be worried? Peace has been taken from the earth. Resources will be scarce. Food and water. It's happening all over and you know it. Diseases will be on the rise. Weird things. Things I've never heard of. We've had some cases in here caught with our little kitties. RSV, is that what it's called? Ruth and I raised four children. We never heard of that. Never had no idea what that even, I don't even know what those initials stand for. But I know it's horrible and treacherous if your infant gets it. Like, what? What is that? So, diseases will be on the increase. Natural disasters will be on the increase. And that word is saying, take heed when this stuff's happening. I think it was just in the south. They had over a hundred tornadoes just touched down in one storm. Foolish? Or why? Verse 8 goes on and says, all these are the beginnings of sorrow. Verse 9 tells us that the testimony of Jesus will begin to be hated. Is that going on in America? Then shall they deliver you up to to be afflicted, and they shall kill you, and you shall be hated of all nations for my name's sake. Then shall many be offended and shall betray one another and shall hate one another. Remember I told you I was called into jury duty? And I can't remember what the head juror is, but that's what they made me. It was my job to swear in the criminals and the witnesses. Do you remember that? And so the first one comes up, he's looking at me, I'm looking at him. So I look to the lawyer, where's the word of God, where's the Bible to put his hand on? Oh, we don't do that anymore. It's being rejected. So I said to him, so you're telling me, this guy that you have ten felonies against, you're gonna, he's going to swear on his good name, he's telling me the truth. And the lawyer went, yeah, that's true. The testimony, the hatred for Jesus has begun. Two pastors were just shot and killed last month. Might have been this month. Maybe it was last month. We're now being called bigots simply because we live or believe in pure living. You bigot. You hater. You homophobe. Simply because we believe in the Word of God. No other. Just us. 
haters. We are being vilified. Society now looks at us as we are the problem with the advancement of their agenda to make a great nation. Just as as Christians. Now you see, tie that with, I don't care who you better list, I don't care who you like in that Republican catastrophe. But if you pick this one, and then there's a ploy and a plot behind you to stifle your freedom to vote, even if it's a wrong choice, you should have the freedom. You're living in this. I'll do it this way now because I've been calling you foolish. Bullish or wise? How are you going to live? Verse 11 goes on and tells us, And many false prophets shall arise and shall deceive many. Listen. And because iniquity shall abound, the love of many shall wax cold. What's that mean? Joe the bartender's heart's going to get worse? No, it's Joe the believer. Because of the iniquity becoming so bold and often, his heart's going to get worse. Waxed. The believer. Because of iniquity shall abound. Let me tell you what that is. Perversion everywhere. Internet, the biggest pusher of pornography. Anytime you want it, a few clicks, and it's right there. Biggest porn supplier. Now it's on TV. I have fallen asleep with the, that, that old channel, black and white, Turner Classic Channels. On the couch. Woke up at 2.30 in the morning with filthy, vulgar F language coming from that channel. They think it's all right because it's 2 in the morning. Because iniquity. There's a ESPN sports show, radio talk show. If you like it, I'm sorry. Comes on at 10 o'clock. And it's, uh, I don't know how many hours it's on. Radio, on the TV, on the radio. Filtered, dribbled all the time. Filthy, into it all the time on this. It's disgusting. I don't even listen to it anymore. You're just supposed to talk about who the Steelers might draft. Not all this filth. What you did yesterday. Because of all this, the love of many in the church is waxing cold. Presidential debate. And they're talking about filth. Did you see it? Did you hear it? I just stared at the TV. In front of the whole nation. I don't know how many millions watched. But some one person made the comment, you can't even have your children watch the presidential debate. God says, in this time, because of that iniquity, to show abound, the love of many, the love of their Lord is going to wax cold. In the midst of everything that I'm laying out, Half of the church is being foolish. Downright foolish. That word foolish means insincere. That's what it means. Insincere. Not taking the Lord at his word. It means 
hypocritical. It means artificial. Half the church is insincere. Just read the scriptures. I'm not putting anything into this. I'm going, Lord, if half my church is insincere, i got to tell them. Meaning not actively seeking the Lord. Half the church carries their lamps, but they have no oil. No oil. In Asia and China, they walk their oil so full it's splashing out over because they'll get killed if they are known to serve the Lord. Half of the church has no oil. Oh, you have a lamp? You have your lamp? Look, you have to figure which one you are. Because I can't. I'm too easy to fake out. Isaiah says this. Verse 2 in Isaiah 64. Behold, darkness shall cover the earth and gross darkness the people. That's what's going on now. There is a gross darkness upon people. A thick, blinding cloud of darkness. Matthew 24, 38 tells us what's going on today. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage until the day that Noah entered into the ark. Half the church's focus is solely on the needs of everyday life. Whatever that is. Half. Half of us. Scripture saying that. That's what's happening today. Christians of America today want heaven and everything else the world has to offer. They do. They want wealth. They want power. They want to be esteemed. They want pleasures. They want to be able to party. They want to be admired. They don't want any rejection. No way suffering. They want to drink. They want to have no standards. And they want heaven. When the roll is called up yonder. Now listen to this. It's a warning. Amos. Amos 6.3 says this in the New King James. Woe to you who put far off the day of doom. Who caused the seed of violence to come near. You know what that means. It's half of you that are going, come on, Pastor. Come on. What's the matter with you? You and Ruth fighting? And you put it off. And by putting it off, you're unprepared. And being by unprepared, destruction and violence comes near to you. Closer to you than the one who's prepared. Man, if your sword is sharp, your eyes are diligent, and you are looking, and the other guy's going like this, what's the matter with the Who do you think the enemy's going after? Even the animal world knows that. Man, when them little bouncy gazelle things, when they see the enemy, what do they do? You see them. They leap like, I don't know, 30 feet in the air and kick up their back like. They are showing the enemy, dude, I am so fit, you will never be able to catch me. Until the other one's going, enemy can't catch me. Five wise and five dead ones. And the whole thing is only you and the Lord can fix this. I can't. You can buy me the nicest, biggest, beautiful white horse there is, and I'll put on all the garb, and I can come running. I can't fix it. I can't fix it. When you have no oil in your lamp, it won't light. What have you been doing? 
Give me oil for my lamp. Keep me burning. Give me oil for my lamp. I pray. And they're going, what, what have you been doing? Woe to you who put far off the day of doom, who caused the seat of violence to come there. When you put it off and you say, not for me and my family, my marriage, my children, you're causing the seat of violence to come closer. Here's an easy target. Verse 4, who lie on beds of ivory, stretch out on your couches, eat lambs from the flock and calves from the midst of the stall, who sing idly to the sound of stringed instruments and invent for yourselves music instruments like David, who drink wine from bulls, not even a glass, and anoint yourself with the best ointments, but are not greed for the affliction of Joseph. These people, these half, listen what's going to happen. Therefore, they shall now go captive as the first of the captives. These are easy pickings. You'll be the first. If you don't do what the Word says. God says, these, you'll be the first. Picked off. When the twin tires fall again. Faith or fear. What? 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 Pastor! And I'll come running and going... Come on! And then it happens. At the midnight to cry, the bridegroom cometh. Behold, the bridegroom is coming. Go out to meet him. Listen. Then all those virgins arose and trimmed their lamps. They all went. They all went to meet the Lord, the foolish and the wise. The foolish sincerely believed that they were part of the bridegroom's party. He's coming with the wise and the foolish. His secret is with the righteous. Get oil. God says, get oil. For the pig-headed and the bull-headed won't do this. But God says to the righteous, I'm going to tell you a secret. Get oil. Because these days are coming. Get oil. Get oil, saints. They all went to meet him. What was the evidence or what revealed their emptiness? What revealed half of the church's emptiness? The darkness. The trial that comes upon you as a family, as a person, or a nation. That darkness, that's what reveals. <laughs> that you don't know God. When calamity comes... Whether to your country or your personal life, you're either going to be moved by faith or fear. You're going to see who has cultivated a relationship with God or who has just attended. Twenty-five eight again says in Matthew, and the foolish, the insincere. The artificial said unto the wise, 
Give, give us some of your oil, for my lamp's gone out. Listen, please. I can't. I can't. You must have your own oil. It's not, I'm selfish and a hoarder. I can't give you the trials of the midnight when I walk through them. I can't give you when God just dropped in a song and I hung on to the song. That's oil. I have seen people under such weight because of trials of some sort that they had to trust the Lord for their very next breath. God, just help me to breathe. Give me oil for my lamp. Keep me burning. That's oil. Tending church. The insincere thought they were saved. They thought they were ready. You think you're ready. They sang in the choir. Taught Sunday school. Didn't miss many services, maybe none. But they never spent time building an altar or digging for oil. Easy to watch the movie War Room. Whole another story to go have one. To go make one. That's oil. There's no other way. That's how you buy it. Buy for me. I counsel buy. Get in there. Get on your face. Plead. Cry out. Job say, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him. Everything going absolutely bananas in Job's life and what comes out of him to me, some of the richest. Though I die because of this, I'll trust you. As we live in a gospel in America to just get things from God. I don't know what's going on, but God, you're my God. Many times gone to bed going, oh, God, oh, oh, God, oh, everything's ruined, God, oh. Second Chronicles twenty twelve, O oh, our God, wilt thou not judge them? For we have no might against this great company that cometh against us. Neither know we what to do, but our eyes are upon you. That's oil. God... I can't do anything. I have no strength. Lord, I don't even know where to start. But God, my eyes are on you, God, and you alone. That's oil. That's not church attendance. Five foolish, five wise. Half of the parable. It says the kingdom of heaven is like ten virgins, ten unspotted, but five end up being insincere, hypocritical, artificial, tie, nice shoes, the lamp, church attendance. But God is saying, half's not ready. Half has no oil. When it hits the fan, Here's the great news. You still have time. You still have time. It's not too late. I don't care how old you are, how messed up things are. Get the first block to your altar. Put good mortar, the Word of God, and place your first block. 
And you go to God in prayer that day. And then the next day. Psalms 4, 3 says this. But know that the Lord hath set apart him that is godly for himself. That's you. That the Lord will hear when I call unto him. That's you. He'll hear when you call. Stand in awe and sin not. Stop sinning. Commune with your own heart upon your bed and be still. Offer the sacrifices of righteousness living right. And put your trust in the Lord. That's what God says to do this morning. Stop looking at what isn't and start looking at what is. Time. You have it. Psalms 9, 9 says this, The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. That's what your war room is. It's not, oh, i got to go in here. It's a place of refuge. Oh, God, I can't wait oh, to get into the presence of God. Please help me, God, give me strength. I failed miserably today. A place of refuge. Verse 10 says, And they that know thy name will put their trust in thee, for thou, Lord, hast not forsaken them that seek thee. That doesn't mean that all that stuff that he says is going to come is not going to come. No, it's going to come. However, in what form? My lifetime? I don't know. But I'm telling you, it's going to come. And now you have time to drill for oil and to build that altar. I'm telling you, it's already come in your individual lives. How have you reacted? It's too late then. I can't give you what God has taught me. I'm not saying it's precious to me and you don't deserve it. I'm not saying any of that. It's a personal relationship. I've told you, Ruth was great with child, with Joseph. I mean great with child. We had to move out of the place. Boxes are being packed. The moving van's out front, and I had nowhere to go. And I wept in my Bible. I didn't say, oh, Lord God, I'll believe you. I wept in it. I can't give you those. I can't say, here's that experience. And then I wept in the Bible. And you'll go, oh, man, that'll get me through. No, you've got to do your own. Your own. That God calls you to walk through the flood. And you will not drown in the fire. And you will not be burned. And then you'll trim the bridegroom. Oh, him who I love. And you have light. This is telling me half the church is foolish. And I'm saying, God, no, don't let it be new hope. Or don't let it be new hope. Don't let it be new hope. That's why I posted it on Facebook. Please. The scary thing, biggest scary thing is, the five foolish don't know. They don't know. They're going to grab their lamps and run with the virgins. Just, but God knows they weren't insincere. They weren't actively seeking him. Hypocritical. The various times of God didn't move them. They didn't sell out to God. They didn't tend his house like he should. Or the times of prayer like they should. They didn't move these things around and say, no, 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 no. This is the day we pray. And we're not. No, forget the baseball. Forget the basketball. Forget the dancing. Forget this stupid stuff. Forget the golf team. Forget all that. We're doing this this day. No, first thing that goes is coming to the house of God and serving God. First thing that goes. 
Walk up to that coach. Look him dead in the eyes and say, Coach, I love watching my boys play ball. I played ball all my life. We will not be here on Sunday. You want to play on Monday, we'll be here. You want to play on Tuesday, we'll be here. We will not be here on Sunday. Me and my boys will be in church. Well, then your boys can't play. All right. Then they can't play. But remember that. What are you instilling? Oh, they might be mad at you. What are you instilling in them? I'm at the age now where my children thank us for putting this foundation in their life. What good is it me now to try to start a foundation under my son Jason, who's going to be turning 40 in May? Let me put, now this is the way you are supposed to live. He's already got this thing built from his own life. You build it, you build it. You say, son, this is what you might not know now. You might not understand now. But what I'm telling you is the absolute truth. This will keep you from calamity. This will keep your life solid when all others are doing drugs and running crazy and being filthy. You'll stand because of the firm foundation that the Word of God puts under you. And how important it is. And not to blow it off and make it the first thing you can't do. When the world dictates when you're to do it. Excuse us, not us. We'll be back Monday, Coach. But I'm telling you now, every Sunday we won't be here. Whether it's a practice or a game, championship, tournament, I don't care. That's oil. Let's stand. Let me clarify something, please. This whole message comes from concern and love for the people of God that God put under Ruth and I that God has blessed us with. You are, are, are a blessing. People's lives are flinging apart and they have no firm foundation to find to stand on. And it's only the oil in the lamp that is going to sustain you when maybe in my lifetime we're not allowed to come here. When we're not allowed to gather. You know, we chuckle the little fish sign and hang it around our neck. That was a sign for them to secretly meet. Write that in the sand on the beach. If you walked and saw it, you knew godly people were going to meet and pray tonight. It's oil. The greatest thing you have right now is time. A little service like this is cool. It's nice. But I know us. We have ears. And hear not. I disgust myself. My shortness and my inability. Let today again. You come down here and you say, God, you start with this. You come down like this. Lord, I don't know if I'm wise or foolish. Lord, please, I'm scared to death to be foolish. Lord, I am easily tricked and deceived. We are. We really are. Say, Lord, you are my only source today. I must build my life upon the rock of the Lord Jesus and make that commitment that he 
is number one in your life. Start drilling for the oil and get it in your lamps. Because the bridegroom's coming. 